Odd Trails contains adult language and content. These stories can be frightening for some. Listener discretion is advised. If you have a story to share, send it to stories at oddtrails.com. Enjoy the show. Forget facts. Forget logic. Forget everything that seems real. Just trust. Believe. When I was a kid, I didn't really have any creepy experiences outside of a fear of the dark and being scared after watching my dad play Resident Evil. However, one day, maybe when I was seven or eight, my parents made the leap to buy their first home. This house was built in the 1800s, so we had some weird experiences like hearing somebody walk when nobody was there, the dogs barking at nothing up the stairs, Sounds of glass breaking. I heard people whispering my name while trying to sleep. And we just had some weird, eerie feelings. But for some reason, when we moved to a new home that was only 10 years old, it was like that, but on roids. So I decided to share my experiences. When I was 13 in 2005, we moved into the new home and I was excited for that first night. I was mainly happy because newer home means no creepy stuff, and it was difficult not telling people at 11 or 12 that I was scared at night. My first night wasn't actually with my family. It was a day later because my parents wanted me to stay at a friend's house so that they could set up my room. The night that I did finally stay at the new house, it felt like the old house. I was feeling afraid and not understanding why. The dark didn't scare me anymore. I just felt afraid, like something was there. So, I pull my blanket over my head, and I hear something being dragged off my dresser. It falls to the floor. I hear it again, maybe a second later. Then again and again. It sounded like something small, and with some weight to it, so there wasn't a big noise when it dropped. The thing was, I could only think of one item that it could be, which was this small elephant with this crystal between its head and legs that my grandmother owned. It's confusing because I would hear it if it fell over and over again, and it didn't sound like it was being picked up and placed on the dresser again. A few days later, I hear stomping upstairs, and I assumed that it was my cats just playing around. I heard this go through every room. I didn't think much of it at the time. It's hard to explain, but I just felt like I needed to keep my eyes locked on the TV in the living room. So I did. The stomping went downstairs, and then the basement door opened and slammed shut. I was freaked out when I heard it open and refused to turn my head. Once the door slammed, The stomping was done. 
I was thoroughly freaked out this time. After I realized the cats wouldn't make such loud, stomping noises. A year later, I had another experience, but it's more funny to me. My mother bought me an album by the band Trivium. At the time, it was considered their best work. I somehow lost this CD and wasn't happy about it since this was their best album at the time. I typically kept it on my nightstand, and when I couldn't find it, I actually moved the nightstand to see if maybe it fell behind, but I couldn't find it there either. Back in this time, the high school was overcrowded, so freshmen and sophomores started school around 10, so that meant that I would stay up late. One night while staying up late, I decided to put my headphones on and listen to music, but as I was laying down and enjoying my music, I heard a thud by the nightstand. I looked, and nothing was there. But for some reason, I felt like I needed to move that nightstand. So when I did, boom, my CD was behind it. I was confused. After freshman year ended, and going into summer break, I had some more friends who would sometimes stay the night. Two of my friends, Aaron and Alan, were constantly over, and we would just stay up late and play video games at my house. One night, around three or four, I was getting tired, so we all decided to head downstairs to the basement and pass out. I picked the love seat to pass out on, while Aaron and Alan picked the reclining couch. I remembered that they wouldn't stop talking, and I was so close to telling them to be quiet. But we heard somebody running down the stairs, then a loud bang, and finally, a scream. We all shot up, looked at each other, and said, Did you hear that? Of course, we all discussed what we heard, and it was the same. So, we ran upstairs. The creepy part was that the scream didn't sound like anyone that we knew, so while running upstairs, we didn't know who it would be, but there was nobody there. We decided to run to my room and pass out there instead. I brought it up to my mom the next day and she had an excuse for it, but that part gets fun later. My sophomore year gets a bit more creepy. By this time, a new school was built so passing out at one or two in the morning was off the table. So this time, I had to be in bed early. I was the last to go to sleep, which was normal at the time. So, as I'm getting ready and climbing into bed, I hear this paced, hard, stomping sound. It started upstairs, then went downstairs, then back up again. Each time the stomping stopped at what sounded like the bathroom, which was the first room you would come to when getting up the stairs. I at first assumed it must be one of our cats, but realized my parents' door was closed, which meant that the animals were sleeping with my parents and the cats would never make that kind of stomping noise. At most, it would be very fast running and light steps. So I wait for the stomping to go downstairs. I leave my room, flip on the light, and look down the railing, but nothing is there. So I shut the light off and lay down. Now the stomping goes up the stairs. Then back down. Then back up. But a bit further down the hallway. Every time it goes back upstairs, 
It gets further down the hallway. Closer. I'm freaking out. I slam the door, turn on the light, and turn the TV on for noise. The stomping makes it close to my room, but that's as far as it goes for a bit before it stops. I get goosebumps typing this. Well, the next day at four, per usual, I had a friend of mine named Orlando come over. Because he lived in the city next to us, and he refused to go to school out there due to issues at the school, so he lied and said that he lived with his cousins. My door was locked because I was scared, so he started pounding on my door and said, Dude, why is your door locked? Why does it look like your lights are on? I opened the door, and I told him that I'd tell him later after school, which I did. His family was from Mexico, so he shared a bunch of stories that his mom told him when he was a kid. Later into my sophomore year, my friend Aaron and I were in the basement. Aaron pretty much lived with us on and off, just like my friend Orlando, but longer. Aaron was happy that my parents gave him an old Dell computer that we had, for what I assumed was due to his mom not really having money. We were putting music on the computer when I heard someone walking upstairs. The issue was everyone except us was gone so we thought that maybe it was the animals. Then we realized we know what the animals walking around sounds like, and those steps sounded human, so we defaulted to, wait for it, someone broke into the house. My dad had bought a pool table the year before, so we grabbed some of the pool cues and darted upstairs ready to beat anyone up who was there. Aaron remarks, Hey man, what if they have a gun? And I responded with, I don't know, I guess we throw the stick at him. So we went full spec ops on this where we throw the door open and side to side we're watching the living room. We walked into the kitchen, then the bathroom. The door was shut and the light appeared off so Aaron was signaling for me to throw the door open but we would rush in there. When we did, there wasn't anything. We looked at each other and we were like, dude, what is going on? We tried to tell my mom, but she kept telling us that it was nothing. Oddly enough, later in my sophomore year, I would see things out of the corner of my eyes when I would walk home from my friend's house at night. Not long after noticing this, Aaron one day asked me, Do you ever see anything? You know, like in the corner of your eyes, like this black figure? I told him I did. And we talked about seeing stuff while walking outside. Another point in my sophomore year, I was laying in bed and Aaron had a spot that he liked on the floor. We weren't tired, we were just talking to each other. But then he asks me, Do you hear circus music? I replied, You know, I barely experience anything weird when you or anyone else is staying the night. He replies, Except for that one time with Alan and I, right? I said, Yeah, by the way, I do hear something. It's faint. My dad's downstairs watching TV, so I think we're hearing that. I walked downstairs and my dad was watching TV. It wasn't too loud, but there was circus music. When I headed back upstairs, Aaron confirmed he could still hear the music. I only faintly heard it. Right before my junior year, I lost a lot of weight during that summer, and I met my buddy's girlfriend's friend. We started a relationship and one day I go to see her. I barely slept the night before. We hung out and 
when I got home at around 5 p.m., I just clunked out. Now, some people believe that this was sleep paralysis, and I won't say that it wasn't, as it very well could have been. But around this time, I had a dream that seemed so real. A black figure opens up my door. It starts walking to me. It sounds like my friend Orlando, but his shape, it was off. It seemed to look like me. I say, hey. It replies, hey man. I say, what are you doing here? As it walks towards me, it replies, oh, you know, my mom dropped me off like she always does for school. And I say, yeah, but it's summertime. This figure keeps speaking and I stop paying attention to it because I hear screams of pain coming from my brother's room, stomping up and down the stairs, but very quick. And while this thing speaks, its voice turns to mine and then sounds like me, but sort of demented. The figure kneels down to me and says, It's scary, isn't it, Shane? And it stops. I then realize I'm curled up on my side and everything was in place. It was like it actually happened, and not a dream, it felt so real. I got out of bed and I headed downstairs to get some water. I looked at the time. It wasn't very late in the night, and the town-mandated curfew for kids wasn't reached yet. I got a call from Aaron, asking if he could come over, and I told him to come by. When he got there, he said that I looked freaked out, so I told him what happened, and he replies, I was planning on staying the night if you want me to. So he stayed with me that whole night. My senior year was a bit different, though. At this time, I used the pendulum and a Ouija board with my mom a few times. So, I don't know if we invited anything in. One day, I had Orlando and Aaron over for the night, but Aaron was upstairs in my room doing college work, and Orlando was downstairs with me. Orlando was watching TV, and I was trying to get the Sega Saturn emulator to work so that I could play this Japanese copy of Symphony of the Night. It was getting late, and it was a school night, so Orlando tells me, I'm going to head upstairs and get in my area, ready for bed. So I tell him, wait up, I'm going to head up there with you, because I got this creepy feeling. As I stand up and reply to him, we hear something scream through the vent, the vent that was right near me. To me, it sounded like my name being screamed by some ghostly voice. Orlando and I freeze, look at each other, and then he says, No, 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 I'm going upstairs. I yell at him, Dude, don't leave me down here alone. I turn the PC off, turn off the lights, and run upstairs. Aaron asked us what was going on, so we told him, and he just kept asking, What? Seriously? No. I have more stories, but this is getting a bit long-winded. I'm sorry if it seems like I'm rambling, but as I type this, I'm remembering the smallest details, and I wanted to include every single one.
I met one of my best friends, who we will call Liz for this story, in the seventh grade. Liz and I were those friends that could go months without talking or hanging out, and we would just pick up where we left off. We were always there for each other all the way through high school. Liz lived in a nice neighborhood about ten minutes away from mine. Her house never gave me a weird vibe until we started getting into paranormal stuff, and she opened up about her own experiences. Liz has a history of mediums in her family, so you could say she was more sensitive to the paranormal. She had experienced things from Christmas lights falling off her wall in the middle of the night, and one time the bulletin board in her room crashed to the floor. But when she went to go check, it was placed against the wall, yet looked like somebody had ripped it off the wall before doing so. There are also a pair of black handprints on her wall near the ceiling that won't wash away. Experiences with sleep paralysis and sees a lady in white walking down the hall and up the stairs. And lastly, a tall figure with a top hat in her kitchen that you could only see in the corner of your eye. Now, Liz and I decided to be college roommates our first year of college, and nothing paranormal ever happened during that time. Our freshman year of college was when COVID hit, and we were forced to move out early. But we had signed a lease with two other girls for a house five minutes away from campus. The house was built 60 years ago, maybe longer, but was renovated with four bedrooms, two bathrooms, a basement, and a decent living room and kitchen. My room was in the basement and all the other girls' rooms were upstairs. Everything started when Liz would be home alone. She would hear footsteps down the hall from the living room and doors slamming from the basement. She hated being home alone after that, as she had an uneasy feeling and always had a rush of negative energy. One day Liz and I were in the living room watching Netflix when all of a sudden, the TV goes dark, turns to Spotify, and starts playing creepy music, then turns to the login screen. We look at each other, then turn to the coffee table where the TV remote was sitting. A week or so later, Liz and I are sitting in the living room again when we hear a crash from the basement. I somehow found the courage to go down there. I walked into the laundry room, which was unfinished, in the back corner, there is a window near the ceiling looking out to the ground outside. The windows had rusty latches. You would have to use a lot of force to pull down and open the window. When going into the corner, the window was pulled down and the curtain rod was laying on the ground. And the couch in our living room was now in front of our dining room table. Throughout our time living there, we would be in the kitchen or one of my roommate's bedrooms upstairs and the scratching of the chairs on the hard wood would fill the house. Over time, it would start to happen while we were in the kitchen, then while we were sitting on the couch, but what sent the most chills down our spines was when I was sitting at the table with one of my roommates, when the chair across from us scraped across the floor. When we looked up, the chair was pushed out from the table, in the unfinished basement, there was a light in the back corner that never worked, no matter if you changed the light bulb, switched the fuse, pulled on the string a million times, or turned on the light switches. It would never turn on. Until one night. I was sleeping in my room and violently woke up for no reason. I was wide awake at this point, 
and decided to get up and go to the bathroom. When walking to the bathroom, I noticed a light coming from that room. Our drink fridge was down there, so I thought maybe someone came down and forgot to turn the light off. When I walked in there, I noticed it was coming from the back corner. I walked back there and turned off the light, then proceeded to try and turn it on again, but nothing. There was also a lock on the door to the basement from the outside which I never understood. But one day while my roommate was showering, someone had locked me in the basement, and I heard footsteps coming from the unfinished laundry room. My roommate thankfully got out of the shower just in time before seeing whatever was coming for me. We all ended up moving out and going our separate ways. But recently Liz and I have been hanging out and talking again. We mentioned how neither of us have had any paranormal experiences since leaving that house. Maybe it was the house itself. Maybe we were young and just more susceptible to the supernatural. Or maybe something about our energy together conjured something. We may never know the unknown. I grew up in a really rural area in southern Virginia, along the Blue Ridge Mountains. I was an only child, so I often went to my cousin's house in the summer to stay the weekend. We'd watch movies, listen to music, and play the usual sleepover games. While it was nice to get to hang out with them while it was light out, once it became dark, I would always regret staying the night. Their house was way out in the middle of nowhere and surrounded by woods. The long driveway cut through the trees, leading to a clearing where the house sat, so you couldn't see any civilization from the house. Not that there was much around, anyway. Once it was dark, you'd start to feel really alone out there, and the forest sounds would start up, giving it an even eerier feel. One reason I don't like being there at night was because they didn't have blinds or curtains on some of the windows. I dreaded going to the bathroom or kitchen and then having to walk back to the bedroom alone past these big open windows, afraid that I might see something peering from the trees. The house sat on land my family had history on. If you walked through the woods behind it, maybe a quarter of a mile, you'd end up in the backyard of our great-grandparents' former home, the home they raised our grandparents in decades ago but had long since sat abandoned. The family mostly just used that house to store stuff in as it was too run down to sell for anyone to live in. Between that house and my cousin's were dense woods, but there was an old, no-access dirt road that ran through there that used to be the road passengers traveled back before the town created a paved road. My cousins and I would walk the old dirt road to get to my great-grandparents' old house, when we wanted to go in there and snoop around or just sit in the yard away from adults. Around the midway point on this path was a cemetery that just sat there in the middle of the woods with no vehicle access. The headstones were old, and it always made me sad walking by because I doubted anyone ever came here to visit. The cemetery was surrounded by blackberry bushes, and sometimes we'd stop and pick some. I never liked to stay for long, though. 
a forgotten cemetery in the woods is Creep City. Another creepy part of this dirt road was that my mom had told me a story about how a woman's body had been dumped there in the 1970s. She said back when it was a road you could drive on, a woman and her boyfriend were driving home on that road when they picked up a hitchhiker. At some point, they stopped the car and the hitchhiker killed her. I think my mom said that the boyfriend was in on it and he and the hitchhiker were actually friends who had planned this attack using a shovel that was in the trunk. They killed her and left her body about 10 feet off of this old dirt road in the woods. When my mom and her siblings were teenagers, they were out in that area smoking and the family dog brought a human bone up to the house. The cops were called and that's how they found the woman's remains. What I haven't mentioned yet is that my cousins are assholes. One was a couple years older and one a couple years younger. They were fearless, but I was afraid of everything, so they'd often have fun at my expense, doing things they knew would scare me. We'd be picking blackberries around the cemetery and they'd say they saw something near a grave, or we'd be walking along the path near where the body had been and they'd suddenly take off running and leave me frozen next to that spot, too terrified to move. I'm not sure why I kept coming back to stay with them, I guess I was a lonely enough kid to choose companionship with a side of terror over none at all. The thing is, I don't think it was just them messing with me that gave me an eerie feeling out there. There were times when we'd go into my great-grandparents' old house and I'd think I saw a shadow or someone peering out of one of the rooms. We once found magazines and a coat in an upstairs bedroom, which was probably a squatter, but even that is scary to think about. There were times walking back along that path that I'd look out into the woods and think I saw someone. I'd keep an eye out over my shoulder to make sure no one was following us home. I wasn't sure which was worse. Some crazy squatter in the woods? The ghost of the murdered woman? Or a spirit from the cemetery? Then there was the family folklore about that dirt road. My great-grandma lived well into her 90s and she would tell us strange stories about things that happened when she lived there back in the day. Given how old she was and the fact she was a bit odd, we were never sure if these things really happened or if she was losing it. She told us a story about how when my grandmother was a toddler and they were living in that house, she was making food in the kitchen when suddenly a centaur came walking down the stairs. She said it had the head and torso of a man but the lower half of a horse and that he was wearing a white shirt with blood on it. He walked down the stairs, through the kitchen, and out the front door. When she went out to the front yard to follow him, she looked back at the house to see apple cores with wooden clothespins stuck in them raining over the house from a vortex in the sky just above the roof. Crazy, I know. One story that has to do with the road specifically is that when my great-grandfather would walk to work early in the morning when it was still dark, he'd walk that road and have to climb over a gate at the end. According to my great-grandmother, he once groggily got to the gate in the twilight hours of the morning, and a little glowing, green man appeared and said to him, This is how I get over it, before hopping over the gate and disappearing. I know these stories sound crazy and maybe my great-grandmother was, 
but I can say from personal experience that there was something off about these woods. One of the last times I went to stay at my cousin's house, I was probably around 13 or 14. We decided to create kind of a gathering spot in the woods, several yards off the path. There was an area of flat ground, so we cleared it out and dragged some fallen trees into a circular arrangement so we could have seating around this open space in the middle where we could maybe do a bonfire or something. We needed a certain tool, so my cousins ran back to their house to get it while I stayed there alone, sitting on one of the logs. It was the middle of the day, so I didn't start out that spooked, but as I sat there, the energy in the air shifted. All the normal forest sounds stopped, and I had the classic feeling of being watched. Something primal in my body alerted me that things weren't right. I looked around, but didn't see anyone. The best way I can describe it was that it felt like something was alive and present out there, and not an animal or any of the nature. I often don't feel alone in the woods, having the belief that trees and nature are sentient, but that gives me a nice, connected feeling. This was different. This wasn't a nice feeling. I felt not alone in an unsettling way. I don't know what was out there or why. I don't know if it had something to do with my family in particular, or if there is something attached to the land that would be there regardless. I just know there was a lot of weirdness in this one wooded area, and I have never felt at ease there. It's been about 20 years since I've been back to that location, and I don't even think you could get me to drive by it today, especially not in the dark, lest I see the little green man at the end of the road. Man, that was a wild story. There's so many things going on. Yeah, when the author mentioned the green man appearing, mm -hmm. saying how to get over that fence or the gate or whatever it was, saying, this is how I get over. As I was narrating that, all I could think of was, well, at least it was a, a green alien and not one of those <laughs> evil, horrendous greys who are known to probe us. It could have went in a very different direction, if you know what I'm saying. I honestly thought it was going to go in that direction. I was expecting aliens. <clears throat> I, was, I was expecting, yeah. I mean, it probably was aliens, a green man. Could be a green suit, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Nature's weird. Nature's creepy. I, I, I think I just have a phobia from growing up. The first time I ever went camping was up in Northern California, way, way up north where I grew up. And yeah, my first time camping, I was maybe seven years old. And my mom is a little bit of a paranoid freak when it comes to things. A little bit, things. she is. Yeah, yeah, she definitely is. And she would not even let us sleep in the tent. She made me sleep in the car with her. What was the point of bringing the tent? I don't know. So it was a huge family thing. It was like all my cousins and aunts and uncles. And we had like a few big tents where multiple people were sleeping. Uh -huh. So it was like a communal tent. So, so it wasn't, we didn't have our own tent. It was like communal tents. We were all just sharing these big tents. And there was plenty of room for everyone. But she was like, no, we're not sleeping in the tents. We're going to sleep in the car where it's safe. <laughs> and Don't trust your own family or something? I guess. I don't know. I guess she thinks she's thinking sleeping in the tents, bears could get us or whatever, like they can't get us in the car. I don't know. And the whole trip, she just kind of ruined the whole thing for me. We've talked about this and we laugh about it now, but she just wouldn't let me do anything. She would let me get in the water too, like too far out, even though I had a life jacket on. Um, she 
wouldn't let me eat any of the food that everyone was preparing. She only, only let me eat what we brought. Like I couldn't, leave her, I couldn't leave her sight, and it was just, it was such a miserable experience. I was like, I'll never go camping again. And then I go camping. Finally, I had the girl that I'm dating at the time when this happened. Uh, she takes me camping, and I'm like, I don't want to go camping. I hate it. I just, I just associate all these bad things with it. The first night we're there it starts raining like pouring on us she wakes up in the middle of the night barely able to breathe because she all of a sudden got a cold like a head cold Mm. so she wakes up sick in the middle of the night it's raining the tent starts leaking it's just one of the worst camping experiences ever we actually just pack up like as soon as the sun comes up and just drive back home and i haven't had a good nature camping experience even hiking sometimes i i just i get so much anxiety i get panic attacks when i'm in nature and panic attacks are scary anxieties intense i want to touch on that but Mm. i feel obligated to invite you to utah to join me on an adventure we can see everything we can go to Zion, we can go to a bunch of other places, and I'm a bit of an agoraphobic hermit. Yeah. So I am too. We, let's try it out. Let's try it out together. Exactly. Yeah, it we're, actually, we're kind of on the same wavelength. Facing our fun. own fears together. I just yes. get like when I'm out away from civilization and stuff, I panic about what if something goes wrong? What if I have like a major panic attack and I need medical attention or something goes wrong? I have some allergic reaction and we can't get to a doctor or a hospital quick enough. My brain goes to all of these what ifs and cr- creates the scenario before it even happens. And something that'll probably never happen i think what it is is the sense of vulnerability yeah it's just you in the woods you in nature you and yourself and who knows if it's really just you or not it could be a green man yeah it adds to the suspense it could be a bunch of green men out there yeah anyway speaking of the uh, whole anxiety thing if uh woods make you anxious what makes me anxious and gives me the panic attack actually happened today at work. Mm. Uh, last night I was on YouTube and I watched a documentary about SIM swapping. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Is that SIM cards? Sim, or? Yeah, like SIM cards in your oh, phone. Oh, literally. Yeah. Oh, I guessed right. Oh, yeah, I've never heard of this. It's like a scammer hacker type of thing. Oh. Basically, for those who aren't familiar, it's they use social engineering to call up your phone company using information that they can pull from social media, the dark web, whatever. They impersonate you, and then they convince your phone carrier to port your cell phone number onto their SIM card, which in turn allows the scammer to take control of all of your accounts. Forgot password. And you know how like these days they send a, a notification to your phone where you have to verify? Well, they have access to your SIM card. They got everything. So when I was at work, I have great reception at work. I got 5G, full bars. Life is good. But this never happened before. My service completely blacked out. My phone said no service. And that's exactly what the documentary said happens when you're a victim of it, when you fall victim to this crime. And I was reading on Reddit and they said the same thing. Like, holy shit, where are the odds the day after? Did did I bring this into existence like Slenderman or something? Yeah. So I was just sitting at work for an hour and a half until service came back on. Because I, I couldn't call my mobile provider to ask them anything. I was busy. And I was just thinking, okay, well, this is it. I'm done. So there goes my iCloud account. I, I was scared. I had a legitimate panic attack. I had trouble breathing. Every possible horrible scenario flashed in my head. I just thought, okay, cool. There goes everything I've ever owned. Because our lives are on 
our phones on the internet now, like everything. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I, I was freaking out. Like I almost started crying. I'm not going to lie. I, I almost cried at work because of that. It was horrible. Yeah. Actually, my phone does that all the time because I have Metro, like the worst phone service that you can have. I just had it. That's like a notch above Boost Mobile. I've just had it for so long. I don't care to change it. Like, it's fine. It's no big deal. But I do get dropouts like that. And the next time it happens, I'm going to freak the fuck out. Yeah. Because... I'm going to end up watching that before I go to bed tonight because that sounds super interesting. But uh, it was really good. Yeah, it was like some 18 year old kid who made like $3 million by stealing Bitcoin from people. Oh, yeah, the kid was a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. It it was bad news. And uh, yeah, stressed me out. But getting back to the story here um, and the woods and nature and there is something mystical about the woods, definitely. It's an eerie feeling. And I was reading about this that that feeling you get when you start getting scared like if you're walking around in your house and it's late at night and it's dark and you look out the window and you kind of like only see a reflection and you get that thought of like oh my god is there somebody out there watching me like that that just that split moment or did i see something out of the corner of my mm-hmm. eye it immediately triggers that scared feeling and mm-hmm. you can't shake it until you get back into the room with somebody else or in a safe place you know what i mean and i've been reading about these spirits that manifest based on that fear like that energy from you that kind of reminds me of the old myth of how like bees know when you're scared so don't act scared oh my otherwise God. they'll sting you yeah i don't think that's true <laughs> no no but everyone used to tell me that yeah 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 but maybe i mean this probably isn't true either but yeah that spirits can feed off of that that energy of when you're scared and that's when that's why paranormal things start happening like when, pe- when people are doing ghost hunting and stuff like that they're provoking these ghosts with their fears by getting scared of things and looking for it there so it's it's kind of like going back to the slender man thing or the tulpa thing of manifesting stuff like manifesting creepiness and that happens so easily in nature i'm just wondering if all of those crazy things in that story happened just because not because of the area or anything like that just because of their belief and you know the stories about the murder and things like that I feel like maybe they might have manifested all of these things with their fears and, you know, fascination with the supernatural and things that could happen like that. So I'm thinking just by having the fear taps into that sort of realm, which shows that you're susceptible to these spirits. You know what I mean? Like not, not just because you are scared, but because Mm -hmm. you are putting yourself in that position. You're, You're mentally preparing yourself to these encounters, which then in turn opens you up to their presence. Yeah. The fear very well could be the cause and the, what, what provokes it. Absolutely. Uh, maybe maybe we're doing a disservice to everyone by telling these stories and putting all these thoughts in people's heads, generating poltergeists. Anyways, thanks everybody for listening. We really enjoyed all of the stories this week. As always, if you have a story to share, send it to stories at oddtrails.com. This week you have heard Sharing Some Creepy Experiences by Red6392, The Unknown by ML, and The Woods Are Watching by Jessica. All of the stories you've heard this week were narrated and produced with the permission of their respective authors. If you want to get access to the ad-free versions of all of these episodes at a higher quality bit rate, head over to patreon.com forward slash odd trails to support the show today. We'll see y'all next week. Stay safe. Peace out.